How's your drawers? How's your drawers today, folks? Now, I'm not being lewd. No, no, Louise, I'm definitely not. And I wouldn't ask <laughs> a lady that question. You know, they just have the wrong impression straight away, even when I say those words. But I'm talking about your junk drawer, the junk drawers around the northeast and beyond that every kitchen has. Haven't they, Louise? Every kitchen has a junk drawer. I don't. I don't have a junk drawer. What? But it's because I don't have a drawer in my kitchen. My kitchen doesn't have drawers. In my last house, I had a junk drawer and it was always filled to the brim. So now I have a junk basket. Where do you put your pots and pans and cutlery and all that? Oh, yeah, but they're all, they're not drawers as such. They're cupboards. Okay. And, you know, the the pots and pans are in the deep cupboards. Yes. So I don't have, I have one drawer, which is specifically for cutlery. Okay, and that's it. That's it. I don't have You don't have a spare at all. But you had one previously. Yes. Was the one at home when you were grown up? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I everybody think has one. Barmy, folks, I have a junk basket, <laughs> okay, well. and a junk car. <laughs> <laughs> For somebody who's a hoarder, I'm surprised that you haven't even made a request to have a special draw put <laughs> in for you that you can load and load with stuff. I but wouldn't be let. In, in a, I wouldn't back against you anyway. <laughs> uh, ultimately, uh, I have to say that. Um, it, we'd say in general, it's, it's a fair comment, isn't it? There's a junk drawer yep. in every kitchen, most every kitchen mm-hmm. uh, in the northeast and beyond. And how do we get talking about that? Well, you and I were talking about this one day. What brought it up? I don't know what happened. We were chatting it a couple of weeks ago about it. And I said, I must ask the listeners about this. I wonder, I, and this is what really uh, I'm curious about today, folks. What's the most common things in your junk drawer? Go on and have a look at it there now. If you're in your kitchen, have a look. Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe you just throw the things in and forget about it. But we're trying to get a list together of what are the most common things people keep in their junk drawers in their kitchen. And look at it. If you want to go the whole hog with us, take a snap. My snap is up on, isn't it? It's on yeah, social media. On social you can media. see my my drawers on social media. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's the... It's there. It's a very flashy. Um, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you want to take a picture and pop it into us, we'd love to have a look and root through your drawers this afternoon on Late Lunch. I did a list. I've done a list. You, you like your lists? Yeah. Oh, you know me and list, aren't I? So I, is I'm your Mr. junk list. drawer very organised? It's not, actually. Oh, no. It's all, o- it's all over the shop. Mm. But you know what I do? I go at it. Okay. Once a year, maybe I go at it and I just rump. I go in there, get rid of everything, and it looks neat, and it stays like that for a few days or a few, and then it just descends into chaos again. Anyway, what's the most common things? I, I know something that's in my drawer. Sorry, I missed one thing. It is there, and I saw it as well. Hold on, I just added to the list here. I have just uh, going on the picture. I have. Let me tell you: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen things. In oh. my, is that a lot? Yeah. In a drawer? Well, I have quite a lot too that I can remember putting in. Okay. And that's in my basket. Will I just quickly run through my list? What yes, I have. and I'll take so, off what I have. What I have in my junk drawer, folks, I and mean, we're trying to see what's most common in junk drawers. There's duct tape, spare bulbs, tissues, a thermometer, twine or string, if you call it string or twine, batteries galore. Hooks for hanging up pictures. There's a holy water font. <laughs> oh, do you know that song, Losing My Religion? We'll have to get it. We must have chucked it in there. And, and you and have the hooks to hook it up. We're giving up. We have the hooks to put on the yep. wall as well. 
There's masks from the COVID time. They're still there. There's two remote controls for TVs. Now, don't ask me what, what they belong to. There's a magnifying glass in there. Spare keys, a box of them. There's a wee hammer, you know, a small hammer, a little hammer, a little tiny one. Mm-hmm. There's lots of pens, cello tape. There's a hairbrush in there, measuring tape and a flashlight. I think every house has to have a flashlight. Very yeah. important that you have a flashlight. That's the sum total of what's in my drawers. Have, have you anything different or to add to that? A few more. OK, go. OK, bottle of Tipex. Oh, yes. Elastic bands. Yeah. Paper clips. OK. Envelopes. Oh. Sometimes spare party invites. <laughs> um, rogue earbuds. You know, the clean ones for your ears. Yes. Um, normally Peppa Pig crayons or Barbie crayons. A screwdriver set, you know, the small little Oh, ones. yes, yes. And sachets of salt or pepper. They're there. They're the ones in addition. And you know what I read out there? Would you have had most of what I have? I would have had the batteries, the pens, the sellotape, yes. the mask and tape. Yes. The hammer and the measuring tape. Okay. Okay, right. And which are there. All right. So that's what Louise has in hers. What do you think, of the, say, the top three from the list we've read out? What would you think would be the top three Junky items in the drawers. Pens or pencils? Right. Well, you'll say, okay, go on. Cello tape. Cello tape, yes. And some kind of either like screwdriver or hammer. Okay, you'd think three. I think twine is a thing that's very. And the, the flashlight. I have to say, I think a flashlight in a junk, if you have a, a power outage or whatever, it's very handy to have that. So you'd sort of go with those. So you'd go with the cello tape, the pens. And what was the third one you said? Cell tape pen, some kind of like screwdriver hammer. Screwdriver hammer, yeah, okay. And a lot of people also, they're shoved in. You know, if you're on a day out, like, Mm. and you pick up little leaflets or little badges or something, they often (laughs) get shoved in the drawer, don't they? And they're there for ages. Tell them you have a badge to go into your drawer now that you acquired this morning. Tell them about it. Back to that one. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let you off the hook with that. She has a new badge. I have a badge. I have a Slimming World badge. I reached the target this morning. She won uh, Slimmer of the Month, Slimmer of the Week, Slimmer of the Weekend, (laughs) Slimmer of the Night, Slimmer of the Hour. She's Slimmer of everything. She has a badge to win. I have a badge for every occasion. (laughs) I'm going to call you Mrs. Brown today. The badges. Oh, she's going to kill me sorry Louise I'll make a badge for you later <laughs> I know I can only imagine what'll be on it anyway what's in your junk drawers folks let us know what's the most popular things what do you think what's very common in what do you have in there 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me now she's standing patiently by she's the woman behind Simplify and Sort Home Decluttering and Organising Services Nikki Bowman hello again Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. You've been listening to us there going through. I our... have. <laughs> Having a good little chuckle. <laughs> what do you reckon? Would you say that what we've... Have we a lot there that most people would have in that drawer? Absolutely. Those would be the common things that everybody has in their junk drawer or in Louise's case, the junk basket. <laughs> and for you, and, you know, we've spoken before and your mission is to sort things, simplify things, declutter as well. Do you think, you know, it's just that area in your house, you know, uh, that you can let go and put anything into? You know what I'm talking about? Let it go wild. Um, I would say no, because <laughs> the one thing I hate is actually calling it a junk drawer. Because okay. I think that it gives you permission to put junk in it. 
So <laughs> when you say it's a junk drawer, you just kind of like you say, you just go wild, you chuck everything and anything in there. And the, the junk drawer really is useful. A lot of the things that you're talking about that we have in those drawers mm. are actually really useful. They mm. are things we need like flashlights and light bulbs and batteries and those sorts of things. But I like to call the drawer like the miscellaneous drawer or something like that because when we say it's a junk drawer, anything that we think we don't know what to do with just goes in that drawer when in reality we should make a decision right then and there whether it's useful or not and take action with it <laughs> but is <laughs> i know you're right and and i, I i'm louise aren't i generally i'm an organized person would oh, you say that unbelievable yes. i am organized yes. but with that draw, let me say what my modus operandi is, Nikki. What happens is, as I mentioned a little earlier, I do let it build up and go wild and then I attack it and, and I sort it. You know what I mean? And I'm yes. so, it's a great feeling when you do that. But little by little, other people put things in and you know the way it falls apart and that. But I think in another way, I know what you're saying, at least... It's the place you go to to find essentials. You know what I mean? No matter what it's like. If it's upside down, jam-packed, you know what I'm talking about? You at least know it's there. And look, at least having it contained is better than having it all up on the counter. Right. Um, so, you know, it's not the worst thing to have in the world. And having one drawer that's a bit disorganized is, is not the end of the world. You kind of know where all that stuff is. But there's still things you can do to keep that junk drawer in check so that when you're looking for something it doesn't drive you mad I bet you nine times out of ten you go to open that junk drawer and you actually can't open it because everything is packed full and something's caught and you spend ten minutes trying to (laughs) move everything around and push it back with a spatula so that you can actually open it Do you know what I'm thinking here? Louise has to be totally frustrated that she hasn't got a drawer like this in her kitchen. <laughs> you must be, Louise. I was just thinking, at least I don't need a spatula to push things back in it. <laughs> you can just tip your basket up. <laughs> There's Put a, a paperweight on top of it. <laughs> There's a lovely picture that's come to us. Yes, WhatsApp was in pics of your, well, I, I'm going to say, well, I call it the miscellaneous drawer, as long as Nikki's with us here. I'll use that <laughs> word. Your miscellaneous drawer, please, uh, today. There's one that's just come in, and it's typical even of, you know, mine or any Anybody else's and she said whoever it is says there 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 you are Jerry that's my bottom drawer but she says or he says you're not going to see what's in the top drawer oh I wonder what's in the top drawer now that leaves me really intrigued another listener says you forgot to mention chargers and leads where would you store those Nikki you know for the the backup to the phones you know that we'd be panicking if we haven't got them Yes, so um, those would definitely go in your miscellaneous or your bits and bobs, whatever you want to call that drawer. I tend to not have loads of extras. So yeah. I find that the cables I use are in use, so I never have to store them. Mm. So you tend to have one in the car, you have one plugged into the wall where you're charging stuff. Um, so it's okay to keep those chargers and cables wherever you like as long as you know exactly where they are and you're not keeping multiples because what we tend to do is keep loads and loads of cables in case we need them. I guarantee every house has got (laughs) a jumbled box of cables somewhere for old technology they no longer use so it's really important that you get rid of the old cables and only keep the ones you actually use. You know your stuff. You know your stuff Nikki Bowman. That is very true. I can just see it myself and I have that box there's another one's come in from Angela Angela centres in our junk drawer which Louise when you look at Angela's there it's not bad the junk drawer but look at Angela's junk press 
Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Love it. Oh, my God. Nikki Bowman, don't look away. We're not sending you this picture. You'll just take flight if you see this. Oh, really, really. But, you know, in the, in your experience, you know, when you you work with, with, at this all of the time, you go in, you, you help people and that, can you s- arrive at a situation where it becomes a miscellaneous, totally organised space? Is that possible? Absolutely. So as long as you are willing to let go of some stuff, you can organize it. I think a lot of times the problem is is that we try to organize too much stuff um, and that's where the problem comes in. So if you are willing to let go of some of the junk and the miscellaneous stuff that you don't use, you can absolutely organize it and you can keep put systems in place to keep it organized that you can find what you need. Yes, there's the picture. They're great. The listeners are fantastic. I love them. They are really brilliant people. Keep them coming to us. WhatsApp us in your pictures of essentials that you perhaps believe should be in your junk drawer. A picture of your drawer as well. It's a bit of fun on the show this afternoon. Hi, Jerry, says another listener. Uh, There should be one of these in every house in that drawer. It has multiple uses. And you know what it is, Nikki? It's one of those multi-tool things. You know what a knife, an opener... You know what we're talking about? We've got one of those all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a listener actually feels that that should be there. Um, Another one coming into us there. In mind, the most prominent would be, Jerry, old batteries... Old phone cables, which you've just been talking about, and measuring tape, dried up nail varnish, <laughs> nail files and masking tape. It shouldn't be dried up, that nail varnish. That's obviously there quite a bit of time. But there's somebody giving us a feel for the most prominent things that they have. Um, where does this come from? Where, where does the junk draw come from? Where does our, you know, uh, uh, predilection or whatever you like to call it to put things in that one space and just fire it in there and forget about it. What, what's behind that, Nikki? So I think it's really the, the junk drawer is really there to house the little bits that don't have a home somewhere else, you mm, know. Mm. So it is often a mishmash of odd little bits and pieces, but they're things you use. But I think because we call it the junk drawer, it gives us permission to shove anything and everything yeah. that we don't know where it belongs into that drawer. And I think a lot of times the biggest um, kind of reason why uh, we put so much junk in the junk drawer is because we delay decision making. So I had a good little laugh about your um, remote controls that you, two of them that you've mm. got in the drawer. Um, a lot of the stuff like the nail polish, like the remote controls, like the old cables that land up in there, it all comes from delayed decision making. When we're standing there in the kitchen and we've got this thing in our hand and the TV is broken but we've got the remote we think, what should I do with it? We think, oh, I don't know, I might need that and we chuck it in the junk drawer. The same with the extra cables or the nail polish that we can see is a bit gloopy and think, oh, should we throw it away? So often if we just make the decision in that moment, like realistically, will I ever use this remote again? Realistically, will I go and have it repaired? You know, realistically, do I need this nail polish? If we ask ourselves those questions in the moment and take action to either put that thing where it really belongs or to donate it or to bin it or to recycle it, you're going to find that you're going to have less stuff going in that junk drawer to start with and you're not going to have so much to declutter and organise. Oh, that makes absolute sense. If only we could get people to listen to you and do it <laughs> and, and, and put it into practice, you know. Um, the other thing is, uh, Louise mentioned she has her cutlery in a drawer. 
Uh, and that's one thing I do like to be organised. I've said this before. I like the cutlery in its space. Knives, forks, spoons, big and small, all in their own sections. Um, have I OCD? Is that a problem, Nikki, do you think? No, no. And one of the things I was going to say about your um, your junk drawer, your miscellaneous drawer, is you should really tackle it the same way you do the cutlery drawer. Okay. So when you've got your cutlery drawer and you like it with the forks and the knives and the spoons and the teaspoons, it's all separate. You're using some sort of organizer in that drawer to keep things separate. Mm. And you'll find it stays organized for longer and you know exactly where to put things back because you know that's the section for it and you know where to find things. So if you tackle the miscellaneous drawer, with the same approach using either like a utensil tray like you do in your cutlery drawer or using uh, you know you get specific drawer organizers lots of little kind of tubs for little bits and pieces that land up in the junk drawer or any little boxes you've got at home anything you want to separate things into like items i hear you all the batteries together, all the pens together, etc. And that will keep it organised just like your cutlery drawer. I'm on to it. Nikki Bowman, you're great. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure. Thanks so Take much Take care of yourself. Simplify and sort. Sort home decluttering and organising services. Back in a moment. Thank you for all your photos. Sean, there's a mass book in Sean's, a provisional licence. That's not from today or yesterday. And fly traps, very good at this time of the year. Somebody else there, gentleman as well. Cling film, elastic bands, there's a grater there. Hinges, I think there's an egg timer in there too. But whoever that is sent us a picture of the cutlery draw. And it's not bad, I have to say, the cutlery draw. I'll give you marks for that one there. Keep them coming to us. Pics of your junk drawers or what's prominent in yours. Now, many moons ago on this show, we featured a series all about offal. Billy prepared it for us. Eddie Chewed from Chewed's Butcher supplied the offal. It's a good while ago now. But listen to this. Offal is really, really in in 2023. And I'm joined on the show today by Sarah Kelly, who is from the Village Butcher in Ranala. And they specialise in the whole area of offal. Afternoon, Sarah. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I am really good. And let me put my cards on the table from the start. I am a fan and a big fan of offal, may I say, because when we were growing when we were growing up, Sarah, in our home, money was really, really tight. And offal and cuts of offal, you know, were the most uh, cost effective for my late mum and she used it regularly and we loved it. Anyway, tell our listeners, um, it once was fashionable, sort of slipped out of fashion and now, now there's a huge demand. What's driving the demand, Sarah? I think fitness influencers on TikTok, nutritional influencers all on TikTok, um, it's just exploded again the information is getting out there again and yeah people just seem to be picking up on on that it's always been very good nutritionally for you um, I think we forgot about that for a while and now it's back in fashion What about as I call them uh, our new Irish who are just bringing so much to this country all over the place as well coming from different parts of the world to live here would they be driving demand because a lot of uh, other nations use offal regularly in, in their main diet Yes and no. I did have to see someone comment that on one of the articles recently saying new Irish. But to be honest with you, it's Irish people as well. You know, it's people who are into the nutrition, their health and their fitness. So I will say that, you know, maybe those from other countries still have an appreciation for it. Mm. Definitely in the terms of cooking it and making 
what you're making of, but they'd be very interested in those parts of the animal. But there's definitely a huge amount of Irish people, young people in their 20s, in their 30s coming back to it. So I can't say it's the new Irish, as people say. Um, right driving it on it's definitely not no there's a great mix of um, people that are getting into it again that's really good to hear mm, young yeah, yeah. young people are from this country who probably were never introduced to it in their lives and now are newcomers to it what about when you when you add up the cost of that when you look at offal as against say steaks and uh, mm. uh, main cuts of pork or you know uh, lamb etc is it more cost effective still to buy offal it definitely is. I mean, it's not what we would call cheap. I don't think anything is cheap. No. no food is definitely not cheap. Um, so it's definitely not what you would class as cheap food, but it is cheaper. It's definitely more economical for what you're getting per kilo. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the most popular form of offal? Are you talking about hearts, kidneys, liver and from what yeah, animal? Liver. Definitely beef liver. Beef oh. liver is the number one. It's highly, highly nutritious. So that seems to be the most popular with people. Um, and the hearts and the kidneys as well. And we mince those for people. So they make burgers, they mix it in. So it's about for, for the people, for the customer, it's getting that nutrition into their daily food intake. Uh, definitely first and foremost, the beef liver, hearts, kidneys. Well, now, there you are. That's a turn off for the books for me because we would always be lamb's liver people and we mm. love lamb's liver and we would still have it uh, from time to time at home today. I think, uh, yeah, the older generation still loves the lamb's liver, but for the younger people, it's because the nutritional value yes. of the beef liver is being really pushed by all these fitness people on um, TikTok and YouTube, etc. You mentioned mincing them there. Do you produce mm. an awful sausage? Not yet. We have done like a liver burst sausage, which was quite nice. We would mince down, um, we do like a paleo mince, a carnivore mince, we call it. And so that would be 30% offal. So we'll have liver, hearts, kidneys in with a beef mince. So people use that a lot, make burgers or they're making their bolognese and the mince are still getting their nutrition in without having to actually eat just the liver on its own. But uh, the, the sausage, not so much. Um, it can be a bit tricky, that one, to get right, but we're still working on it. OK, watch this space. And, and I mean by watch this space, you are uh, sending awful all over the country. You, uh, mm. you're, you're operating online. Yes, we do online, which we started during COVID, just locally to help our regular shoppers and people living in the area. And just slowly it started to expand as people saw the range that we were doing and coming to us and saying, I can't get this where I live. And, and then we slowly, we went, we went um, all of Dublin first. And then last year we went nationwide. And you're getting much orders from around the country. We do, yeah. We send out a lot of orders every day, every day, a lot of inquiries all the time. It's been really, really good. And again, the offal, hearts, tongues, liver, kidneys, chicken feet, chicken necks, bones, everything <laughs> going out all around the country. Come back to those chickens' feet and yeah. necks. <laughs> what do people yeah. use those for? Is it to make a stock or a soup or something? Mostly, yeah, mostly the stock, yeah. If you're making a stock, um, people, it's very good for your gut health. So a lot of autoimmune issues would come from your gut health maybe skin issues coughs colds things like that it would all relate back to your gut health and making your own stocks and mm. broths are very very good to help increase the, the good bacteria in the gut health and that's what the chicken feet and chicken necks are for 
I have to say, I love chicken livers and hearts because mm. we had them every Saturday at home. We got them from, we had relations who were in the fowl business and my dad would go up and get the chicken for the Sunday dinner and he'd come back with livers and hearts and we'd put them on the pan. We'd have a big fry up on Saturday yeah. evening. Are, are they still popular in demand? They're still very popular. The chicken hearts this time of year for the barbecue, usually popular, popular with the Argentinian and Brazilian customer. The chicken liver is very popular. What a lot of people probably you don't realise when you're in a restaurant and you're eating your sauces and your curry sauce and the, it's the chicken livers that give the flavour they're really really good for flavour so a lot of people buy them as well yeah there you go you see I learn something every day on this show thanks to the likes <laughs> of you experts that I talked to God I never knew that before there's a turn up for the books um, what about cow tongue yeah, cow tongues are, we would have a lot of foreign people who still love the beef tongue and they would buy them a lot. And now we've got, you know, a couple of Irish customers who are very into experimenting with cooking and, you know, they'll come in and say, I really, really want to tr- try the tongue. Um, if you're tr- if you're traveling abroad, maybe you've been in France and you're in the restaurants and the cafes and charcuterie and you see the, the tongue there and it looks beautiful and tastes really good. So people are coming back from traveling and they're willing to try these things. So yeah, we still have some Irish people who, again, younger people who are willing to give it a try. Oh, listen, you can't beat it. And I love it. We, we You can press it and have it cold, but I love it as it just comes out and it's warm and that, mm, oh, yeah. it is just to behold the cow tongue, I have to say. Now, I have, a, a, I shouldn't say a bone because it's not about a bone, but a, I can't even say a crow to pick. Tripe is not my scene. No, I can't get into the tripe either. Um, it's not as popular, but we do still sell it. And I remember years ago, 30 odd years ago um, being in the butcher shop and the only people who bought tripe apparently were people who were going to go on a big drinking session and if you had the bowl of tripe forced it was to lie in your stomach that was always the <laughs> old wives tale I don't know whether that's true or not but uh, it does still sell but yeah it's not my thing either I've tried it on holidays but I don't get it but it's still very popular I'm sure it does have uh, a good nutritional value connected to it I'm not sure what that is it's just Mm. yeah it's but not for me. <laughs> I, I think, Sarah, the thing about it is what put me off it was, and my folks loved it, and it was a big dish up this neck of the woods in the northeast, I have to tell you. But here's the thing. I think it was, it was always boiled in milk with onions yeah. and the yeah. stench of it, Sarah. Yeah. I, oh, I'm going to, I think mm. I'm going to retch here even as I think about yeah. it. Oh, my God. Even coming oh my. into the shop, it would come in in a big oh. bag and it was always wet and sloppy and it yeah. was never nice to even handle. And people would come in and they'd say oh I only want the honeycomb and there would be yes. a very small amount of honeycomb and you're trying to cut it up and cut around and, and then you're left with the rest of it and you're trying to push that on people and they'd say oh I don't want it so even for me on the other side of the counter it was never my favourite cut to sell Yes and uh, I, I do know though to give it a little credit and, and uh, I think it's pa- perhaps a Polish recipe um, you know that type of uh, part of Europe mm-hmm. but certainly in Italy as well I know they do it more preparing it with a tomato sauce base you know what I mean? That it's a different creature it would altogether. Make it more palatable, yes, I would imagine. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Now you're talking. I think yeah. I might give that a go for sure. But uh, nev- I have to dig out that recipe yeah. and stick it up online if anybody yeah. wants to try it. Yeah, do because uh, oh, please let's move on from tripe and onions and 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 milk. <laughs> I just can't take any more. I remember my father arriving with sheep's heads mm. and cooking them. Yeah. The whole head. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do that, or is that a thing of the past? It's 
definitely a thing of the past. We would get people looking for pig's heads. Um, more that it's again going back to the maybe charcuterie element. Yes. More, and we would we we use the the pig's cheeks and the pig's jowls, and we will you know we still sell the pig's cheeks, beef cheeks. We'll sell. We'll make one Charlie from the pig's jowls, but lamb's head de- definitely not. Um, I don't think I've been asked for one in a long, long time. We do occasionally get asked for a pig head, and again, maybe someone's seen an old Italian charcuterie style recipe yeah. and they're going to cure it and stuff it and do all of that but um, not as popular um, I suppose as years ago and nothing was wasted because people didn't have the money to waste yes, any food yeah that's so true and again today people feeling the pinch and here's an avenue to good healthy nutritional mm. food as well yeah. I was talking yesterday to Tony Weldon an expert in James Joyce and the subject came up of kidneys uh, in yeah. in the context of Joyce and Tony said he couldn't take them at all I particularly love them lamb's kidneys but you know, people feel there's a taste of wee-wee, if you know what I mean, off the kidney. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying there? Yeah. Do you ever yeah. get that? No? Um, no, but I do have a little story. When I first started in the butcher shop and I was standing on the counter one day and I was looking at the kidneys, I was with another person who had just started in the shop and we were looking at the kidneys and feeling the kidneys and there was a little lump in one of them and the guy I was with said I wonder that what that is and he just stabbed his knife into it and um, yeah some urine shot out and into his eye so that wasn't very nice oh that put God. me off <laughs> <laughs> Well I have a tip and I got this many moons ago from Tony McIntaggart a wonderful butcher up our uh, way here Tony told me they used to take the kidneys and core them you know take the tough core out of them because it can yeah, be a yeah. bit chewy a bit there them, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. and take the, and split them in half. Bring them home. Put them into a bowl of milk for half an hour. A bowl nice. of milk. Now, now he, I was dissing the milk oh, with, with the else. yeah. I was dissing the milk with the tripe, but I'm encouraging yeah. the milk here. Yeah. Half an hour. Leave them in it. Then throw out the milk. Rinse them in cold water. Marvelous, marvelous. Yeah. It does the, what it says on the tin. Mm, yeah, deviled kidneys is a yes. big thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's just a little tip today. Now, before we finish, I want to ask you this. Organic versus, you know, inorganic. Do people look for organic offal, you know, and insist on it? Yeah, they're becoming more aware now, I suppose, the environmental issues as well. And people are very, very aware of what they're eating. And yeah, we do have a lot more queries on organic. A couple of years ago, you couldn't really sell organic because it is more expensive. And people just had this idea in their head that, you know, you didn't, shouldn't have to pay that price. Uh, for food but yeah definitely it's on the increase absolutely and we do have a lot of customers that maybe have some health issues and they can't eat grain and they can't eat wheat and they're allergic to certain things so they will look for the organic Now for listeners today you are the village butcher in Rand and the other thing is how many women are working in that shop there? There is four now, so yeah, it's quite unusual to have. We're, it, we're evenly split, there's four guys and four girls. That's the fourth time we've <laughs> the girls have been equal to the guys in all of the years I'm working there. So yes. yeah, it's quite good. It's a nice balance. Yeah, yeah we, don't, we don't talk about football all day. So <laughs> good. good on you. So a balance to the butcher shop there. How do people get in touch with you if they want to order? They can find us online at www.thevillagebutcher.ie. Everything is there. If you're looking for something that's not there, just pop us an email. And uh, yeah, we'll happily help you. You're great. Thank you so much. No I problem, really enjoyed Sarah. our chat. Take care, Sarah. Thanks. Bye. Bye, bye. bye. That's Sarah Kelly there from the Village Butcher in Ranla. And I have to say, your local butcher here in the northeast in Lowther, Mead or surrounding counties, give them a shout and they look after you for wonderful awful too. It's right on our doorstep. Because
Kelly Clarkson on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. And because of me, Frank is feeling sick. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, Frank. You know, we were talking about awful a minute ago. That's because of me. Kelly Clarkson can re-record that song and say that in our new version of it. Um, apologies if you're feeling a little queasy after the awful chat, but that's life, as they say. Uh, it's a mix and gather em. It's a potpourri on late lunch every afternoon. Suits some, doesn't suit others. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Anyway, I love my awful Louise, as you know. I've often spoken to you about it. But that tip about mm. the kidneys is a very good one. It really is. But going back to the, the hearts and livers and that, my mother... You used to get the she- the little uh, sheep's heart, small, you know what I mean? Mm. I think I told you I don't this before. I don't think I've ever had a heart. Oh, they're lovely. But what she used to do was stuff the hearts. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, stuff them into the cavities mm. and sew them. She'd sew them. So the mm. stuffing wouldn't come out of that. So when they'd come out of the oven, she'd nick the thread out of them, you know what I mean? And then you could slice them across and they were absolutely lovely. A lovely, lovely, Sounds lovely. Nice. Good food. For Al Frank. Good he feels food. A, a, a tripe awful. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and I would too if it was in milk and onions. I'm going to get that recipe and give it a go and that other way, the Italian way or the way they do it with a tomato based sauce. Yeah, you had somebody on recently talking about that. Oh, about, yeah. about the awful in a restaurant in Dublin. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is true. And it's appearing more and more on restaurants. It really is. Ah, Glenda Jackson, the famous actress, has died. She was 87. Um, a very, very brilliant actress, I have to say. She won two Oscars uh, a few moons ago for Women in Love. That was a controversial film. Why? And A Touch of Class. It was uh, it was a bit risky at the time and it went in general release in the cinemas. But she won an Oscar for it and then A Touch of Class. Did you know that Glenda Jackson, I didn't realise this, I knew she was an MP. She was an MP, a Labour MP, for 23 years. Wow. 23 years she served. I have to admit, I didn't. I had to yeah. look her up. I thought she was might be one of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, no. Oh, well, that's a different Jackson, I think you're thinking yeah. about there. Um, and she didn't sing with the Jackson Five either, <laughs> I can tell you that. But Glenda was a very, and she was back acting when she quit the politics. Even She only finished a movie. <laughs> with Michael Caine you know and she's uh, passed away after a, a short illness we, re- we remember her today oh I well remember when mine were small the summer months when you were working was a big challenge for everybody school's out shortly all the primary schools will be out in the next few days and then it's uh, eight weeks or nine weeks or so what do you do with them Siobhan O'Neill White from mams.ie knows welcome back <laughs> to the show I'm delighted to be here. Good to see you this afternoon. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. It is a challenging time for everybody. But there is lots to do and you're going to guide us today. First off, affordability is on everybody's mind. Yes, and last year, my two of my daughters went to a summer camp and it was Monday to Thursday, half nine to half one. And it was 90 euro for one and then 80 euro for the other. That's a lot of money. For a summer camp and what I the feedback I got from a lot of parents was well I have a job I can't be leaving in the middle of the day to collect them from a summer camp so we have tried to find summer camps that are really good value and that actually go on all day long so Gormanston Park up there be in the gorgeous grounds of Gormanston they have basketball camps running from the 3rd to the 7th of July and the 10th to the 14th of July start at half nine in the morning go until four o'clock in the day Monday to Friday, 90 euro. And there's a discount for siblings. Now, I think that's really good value. So the kids are there for the full week, all day for five days. None of this picked them up a half one business. So Gormanston Park, you can check them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. And there's a few, there is some spaces left for that. Carlingford Adventure Centre. They have two types of camps this year. They have residential and non-residential. So your kids can actually stay over. So my daughter 
my little 11-year-old, is going on our first trip away from home without Mammy and Daddy. Her and her best friend are going for two nights and three days and it's a fully immersive camp. They have to bring their own sleeping bags, their own pillows. Um, they'll be getting fed. They'll be doing kayaking. They'll be doing climbing walls, zip wires. All They'll be doing absolutely everything. So that's brilliant. Again, if you're a working parent and you're struggling to find childcare and you want to camp that actually looks after your kids for the whole day this one you can do it for the day like from 9 to 5 or you can put them in for 2 nights or you can put them in for 4 nights okay. um, and Carlingford we love Carlingford it's gorgeous oh, the centre is wonderful I love it though. I absolutely yeah, love it wonderful. so that's a great one as well um, you're going to be spending a lot of time at home so I would say make sure you have some good toys that the kids can play with in the garden and inside the house as well. So about 10 years ago, we bought a go-kart and it's a Berg go-kart and it is still going strong. So I really like that brand because nothing ever broke mm. and I have four kids and they're tough. Um, it got one puncture, I think, a couple of years ago. And it was a tenor to fix it. So that was a big investment, but it's 10 years old and it's still going strong. So we decided we'd get a trampoline. We're not going abroad this year. Um, so we relented and we so we decided, well, we're going to get the same brand. So we like to buy Irish. So there's an Irish toy store called JKC Toymaster. So jkctoymaster.ie. And I actually just happened to ring them up. Somebody, I put it on my Facebook page. We're going to get a trampoline. Where should we get it? And so many mammies recommended them. So if they're recommending them, I know they're good. Rang them up. And I, I feel like I'm friends with the guy at this stage. I told him what kind of garden we have, this, that, the other. We were going to get one that you put into the ground. He advised us to get a different kind of one. That level of service is amazing. And my sister was sending me special offers. Oh, you can get one here at this on the bank holiday weekend and you have to assemble it yourself. Blah. And I thought, no, I'm going to go with someone who knows what they're doing, who knows what they're talking about, because we're going to have this for a long time brilliant I'm delighted with it and he told us what to do and it's windy and all that stuff so jkctoymaster.ie they've loads of they have the go-karts as well that's how come we're, we went yes. to those guys um, and trampolines and all kinds of like roller skates and all that kind of stuff I so like outdoor that. toys I really like that because I've seen what it takes to put some of those trampolines together and yeah. I'll tell you you need to be skilled to do it but anyway yeah. uh, that's really good to measure that. and yes. what you say there that philosophy of investing you're going to get years out exactly. of that even though you've an outlay at the moment buy cheap buy twice and you know that's that's the thing you you buy something like I say we bought that go-kart 10 years mm. ago and now my nephews and nieces play with it as it well it owes it you really, nothing exactly it owes so you nothing I don't mind investing in a really good trampoline because I know it's going to be the yes. same my oldest now is 20 and he's out on that trampoline <laughs> and they're on it every single day my my 15 year old has just finished her junior cert yesterday and in between studying she'd go out and bounce on that trampoline Therapy. for a few minutes and honestly and, break and, and her friend they'd study for mm. an hour trampoline for 15 minutes and go back and study you see it does the ages as well yeah. now that's on the outdoors what about yes. indoors because I was going to ask you yeah. you know Ireland yourself it's been great since the 15th and maybe having the drop of rain but oh, look yeah. it's on the way the and exams are on the weather's yeah, fabulous they that's stop the here comes now the rain now you said it what about indoors? What about, yeah. you know, and, and be gearing up for bad weather? Yeah, well, you know, you have to blackmail your kids. If you're going to go somewhere like the zoo or they all want to go to Emerald Park this summer, um, you're going to have to blackmail them into that because, you know, you're going to have to spend, you're going to have to buy the tickets and all that. Um, so I make them rearrange their wardrobes or strip their beds and put new bed covers on. I give them chores to do. But even things like if they want to give their room, they want to rearrange their room or they want to paint it a different colour, let them 
get involved with that. Let them help out. Let them pick the colour. Let them put the decals or the stickers on the wall. Let them get involved because they're much more likely to be happy with it. And, you know, kids will actually get involved with things like that. Mm. If you encourage them and you ask them, what do you think? What colour would you like? My daughter painted one of her walls rose gold. And it's just one wall now. And it's absolutely so gorgeous and she loves it. So it's good to let them have a little bit of input. Um, so I would say, like again, you, if you're going to take them somewhere like Emerald Park, because all my kids want to go there, you have to make them work first. You know what I mean? I'm like, now this you're going to do X, Y, Z at home. So give them chores to do. We've got our kids cooking, baking. My kids love to bake. Um, I actually got Summer, my youngest, a book from TikTok. The top bakes from TikTok. I tell you, any parent whose child is obsessed with TikTok, get this book. You can get it from most you know online bookstores, into your bookstore. It's a hardback TikTok cookbook. And it's all recipes that they're looking at on TikTok because they'd often come in to me, can we make smoothie bowls or can we make, and I'm going, what the hell is a smoothie bowl? And then you give them, so I got the cookbook for them and they're going through it and they're baking cookie dough tray bakes and things like that and they're delicious like, mm. and it's keeping, and they're like, they've done that themselves. It's yes. great. Creativity, exactly. keeping them busy and yeah. they have the fruits of their labour as well, which exactly. is fantastic. There's, you know, it's much nicer when they've put the effort in and then they're mm. eating at the end of it. Um, I'm always going on about board games yesterday me and my daughter played Scrabble and people say seriously your child played Scrabble you take out Scrabble challenge your child to a game and see what happens they actually like the competition my kids love Uno Uno is such a great game it drives me absolutely nuts I can never win they always beat me (laughs) and they get great pleasure out of that but they have to win you see Siobhan can I mention something else here just as you're saying that Ava my eldest granddaughter I have four of them now uh, got a little table tennis thing for the table that you clip on yeah they're brilliant well the fun they're getting out of that already simple back in the we had that when we were children as well you could pick them up uh, for like five or six I think we bought one of them for seven euro Mm. and we have a table out in the back so you can play it out there as well exactly. or you can do it inside and yeah. wreck everybody's head. <laughs> um, a board game that I'm always going on about is called Cards Against Humanity. Any family that doesn't have it needs to get it. So it's a, it's a box with all these questions in it. So 30, say most of the box is questions and then the other side of the box is potential answers. So one person takes out the, a question and asks, Johnny went to the shop but he well, on the way he and then everybody else pulls out an answer question and the most silly answer wins. And I mean, it's so stupid, mm. but it's so funny. My kids love playing it. And last weekend, this is unreal. The Champions League final was on. We went out, we came home. My son said, can I have my friends over? They're all 19, 20. They were going to Earth later on that night. I came back, Cards Against Humanity is out. I thought, what's happening? I expected cider spilt all over the floor and they have a board game out and they're all <laughs> laughing. So that is a game a every age. Big recommendation. It's amazing. Let's get on to some special yeah. offers. Okay, Eddie Rockets. Every Tuesday for the whole summer, kids eat free. So for every adult meal you buy, 12 euro or over, you will get a free kids meal and that's a kids meal with like a hamburger, fries and a shake. That's a really good deal. So two adults say if you have two adult meals, you get two free kids meals, three, you get three. Uh, so that's really good because, you know, eating out can be expensive mm, with kids. Mm. Shake Dog have loads of great offers and they do good family deals and stuff as well. So watch out for those. We've got vouchers for both of those to give away. Um, if you're going to go to the cinema, go when there's kids clubs on. The kids clubs are on early in the morning and that's the cheapest time of day to go. So you can get into the cinema for maybe 3.50. There's loads of films. We went to see The Little Mermaid last week. Absolutely gorgeous. 
loved it. The new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is out. The reviews are unreal. Mm. The reviews for Transformers aren't that great, but I'm sure lots of kids are going to love it anyway. And then Indiana Jones is coming out next week. And I don't care if I have to go by myself. <laughs> I am going. I'm with you. I you won't be on your own. I wait. So, um, <laughs> loads of film. Um, a lot of the cinemas will do deals, like family deals, like the ARC does two adults and two kids or one adult and three kids your cinema your popcorn your drink your sweets for thirty nine ninety five. so you know what you're going to spend mm. and then you can go into Yearburger after show your cinema tickets and get a discount as well so there's discounts you know places will work together so you can get 10% off your burger and a kids meal in there is 8 euro and that's a burger fries and a drink and to be honest it would fill me they're really generous with their portions so that's quite good as well Um, yeah we have tickets for Emerald Park we've got stuff for the zoo there's go on mams.ie go on our Facebook page there's loads of stuff on there if you do want to go somewhere nice uh, if you want to get a little staycation away we are going to go up to Farnham Estate my sister got married there and we love to go back and there's a really nice country walk and again this is quite a simple thing Mm. to do but we do this kind of country walk around the grounds and how many animals can you spot and there's squirrels running up the trees and there seems to be a lot of hedgehogs at the moment um, and things like that we were talking about them yesterday yeah I love them we found one outside of our house there recently and we brought out some peanut butter then we don't know if we were, we don't know if we were supposed to give it the peanut butter. We thought it was like a mummy hedgehog out getting food for her babies. We were trying to give it food, but um, they're just so such cute little animals. You mentioned Farnham, and when you think oh, around here, all gorgeous. the lovely walks there are that oh, yeah. get you out in the open, and they cost nothing either. Yeah. Bring a picnic. We avoid the beach when it's busy. Our beach, I'm Betty's Town, mm. so we do not go near that beach on a sunny day. But we go up further, we go up near Mornington area and it's much more quiet and, and mm. it's a bit of a trickier walk to get onto the beach. So you know, you can pack a picnic and off you go. You're not going to be inundated with loads of people. Um, and obviously then a certain element will come to the beach on days and they'll be drinking and they'll be leaving litter and stuff like that. And that's just, you know pick up your litter and bring it home people mm. it's not a difficult thing to do mm. so we would try and find somewhere that's a little bit more quiet yes. um, we were up at Ardgillen yesterday oh lovely spot it's absolutely beautiful rolling down that hill is one of the <laughs> nicest things to do and then uh, right across from it over the lady's stairs the haunted lady stairs that we terrify the kids with stories of uh, apparently she appears at midnight but um, they've got this little uh, coffee truck and they're making I don't know how to pronounce it is it is it Akai, A-C-A-I, you know, that real healthy smoothie bowls and they put granola and they put Kinder Bueno sauce and you sit there and you're looking down on Barnagira Beach and the waves are crashing in and you're having your coffee and your smoothie bowl. So I took April there yesterday in between junior cert exams and it was really lovely. We had just, you know, Ard Gillen's gorgeous. The beach is gorgeous. And I just got her away from that school environment. She mm. two hours between exams. So we just took her out and again, like Art Gillen is free and you can go down to the beach for free. And, and we bought her one of the smoothie bowls and we sat there and the fresh air and the spray coming off the sea. It was Beautiful. really refreshing. And Beautiful. it just got her out of that. She had just finished one exam. She was going into another and it was just kind of a reboot mm. for her. So, you know, there's loads of places, even if you're just going for a walk, even if you're just going for a walk along the beach, get them to pick up seashells, get them to pick up pebbles. How many crabs can they spot? Kids aren't doing this as much anymore, I find, where you go into the rocks and you go into the little shallow pools and you're playing with the crabs and you're picking up winkles and stuff like that. They've got a little bit afraid and 
There's nothing to be afraid of. Crabs not going to do anything to you, mm. especially our crabs. They're mm. tiny. <laughs> so put your put their hands in there. Let them get in there. Let them get in and feel the sandworms and stuff like that. Yes. You want them to get dirty. Absolutely. You want them. A dirty child is a happy child. As I my nanny couldn't would always agree say. with you more. Anyway, anything else quickly before we go? Are we done? Oh, well, I will say that there is a balloon chase and crazy bus, two new things over in Emerald Park because obviously it's a big hoo-ha that's going. Oh, yes, glamping. I forgot to say glamping. We're going glamping. I can't believe it. Ardmore glamping pods. You should have a look. It looks like the Shire. They have these little pods. I feel like I'm going to be Frodo going into this pod. They look amazing. And that's down in Waterford. And again, it's right on the beach. Mm. So we're glamping this summer and it's going to be an experience and I will let you know how it goes. Do indeed. Siobhan O'Neill White, mams.ie. Loads to do there. No more excuses. Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. On the uh, subject of football, the League of Ireland is in abeyance for a couple of weeks at the moment, but there's a big game at Weavers Park, United Park, in Drogheda this Saturday afternoon. Brendan Lockie Lochran was simply a legend. He was the Drogheda United kit man, served the club from 1967, almost up until he passed away. He succumbed uh, to dementia a couple of years back and his daughter, Lorraine Balfe, is on the line. Hello, Lorraine. Hello, Jerry. Well, big day for your dad. You're honouring him. And my God, have former managers and players responded to your call? Oh, yeah. Well, I have to put that down to um, Damien Cavanagh. So I wouldn't be super good at the football knowledge. Uh, You know that, Jerry. But um, it's a couple of years in the making. Daddy's gone now over two and a half years. And we were always told this would happen when the time was right. And now here we are this Saturday. So... Yeah, very happy. Very happy that's going ahead, and you're raising funds for the Drogheda branch of the Alzheimer's Society of Ireland Trade a Lodge. Wonderful care facility there. It sure is. Yeah, and actually, um, Anne Short that runs the our volunteer that has the centre. Um, God, she's decades trying to raise money to build that uh, daycare centre, and now look what we have on our doorstep in Drogheda. So when Daddy did um, get diagnosed with dementia, she was an absolute godsend to our family. And um, we always said we would try our best to help. Yes, to um, give back. To help her to give back. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. He was some man, your dad. He was just a true claret and blue to his core, wasn't he? He loved that football club. Oh, my God. He absolutely did. And, you know, Jerry, like, because I'm not really into football, these stories I'm hearing now, I'm sometimes going, he did what? Who is he? What? Because they're just such amazing stories. He he sounded like, you know, I suppose I see the different side to him as dad, you know, but um, he had such amazing, has such amazing friends ranging from like 20 to 90. Yeah. And, you know, not, that manner of man doesn't come along um, all of the time, you know, so we're so, so proud of the stamp he's left with all the boys. We really are. We couldn't. Our hearts are burst in the pride. I'll tell you a little story about him. Drogheda were playing UCD one day. It was in the first division and they were vying for promotion, both of them. And UCD, as you know, Drogheda's bogey team in Belfield. And the game kicked off. It was an afternoon game. And your dad would always be last, as you know yourself, coming from the dressing room when he had everything mm-hmm. sorted. He'd be a few minutes uh, there before he'd come out to, to, the, to the sideline to watch the game. Anyway, he was coming out. The game was only on about a minute or two. And John Carroll, the Drogheda centre half at the time, ran by him back into the dress towards the dressing room. And Lockie said, where are you going? Get back out there, he said. What do you think you're doing? I'm off, says John Carroll. You're off where, says he. You're off nowhere. Get back out there on the pitch. He was sent off after a minute, John Carroll. 
and your dad didn't know he was still in the dressing room. Oh my God, oh, it was one. We've, heard, we've yeah. heard stories like that, Jerry, and we are we're really enjoying all of the memories. You know, we didn't get to share those with Daddy, and to hear them all now, oh, do your heart good. Ah, uh, he was with the crack they had over the years. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's shameful. <laughs> he, he, he was a, a fantastic man so with this yeah. in mind the Drogheda United team that won the FAI Cup and the League Championship under the guidance of Paul Doolan the 2007 side are playing the 2013 team managed by Mick Cook who finished runners up in the league qualified for Europe won the League Cup as well so all the uh, the uh, players from those eras m- most all are coming back to play in United Park on Saturday Terry, they're all back. It's we, the backroom staff are back. The physios are back. Mm. Managers are back. Um, you know, we, we've had. I think we have forty players coming. Mm. Fantastic. You know, it's we because they can't do ninety minutes anymore. <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we have spares. So uh, my own son is going to um, join the two thousand and seven squad right. just as a as a, a token jersey for, for his granddad. You yes. know, so yeah, we we've spare spots. Like they came in their droves. You know, they sent us video messages that we shared on social media of their love for him. Sure, we've spent a month crying. You know, we we couldn't we couldn't feel any happier, any prouder. Um, you know, this is due to him. He did dedicate decades to the club, and that this is happening for him now. We think it is just rewards, and uh, we really we really want to. You know, get we're going to bring the boys down to the Weavers when the match is over, and we're going to feed them and give them a few drinks. It's like a li- little bit like Jack Charlton after Ireland came back from the World Cup. Great. You know, we're going to have a few drinks, and um, they're treating it as a reunion. Ah, fantastic! So, and it's co- lovely. It's, it's so lovely. lovely. It is lovely. And and just to tell listeners, I might know your dad has a corner named after him in the ground, Lockie's Corner in Lockie's United corner. Park, where he used to stand when he'd yeah. come out uh, to watch the game. So yeah. Sunday, it's uh, three o'clock kickoff, and can people arrive on the day and pay at the gate? Yeah, you can yeah. get your tickets now on tickets.ie, Lockie's Legends. Uh, but yeah, the gate, as always, football fans seem to rock up on the day. So the gate will be open for anyone who wants to come. We have plenty of seats there. Um, it, it is kickoff at three, but there's loads happening before that. So yeah. MC Ken Murray will be kicking off um, at half of two with the Drogheda Brass Band. And there's raffles and prizes and there's lots going on. It's a really lovely day out. It's and uh, doors open at 2pm. Great stuff. Lorraine, wish you well. Thank you, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The lovely Lorraine Balt there. Brendan Lochran. Lockie the legend this Saturday at Weaver's Park. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's 1978, this very week, and the number two. Now, maybe I'll throw you off the scent here a little bit, because this song was originally recorded by Brent Dow and Trevor McNaughton of the Jamaican reggae group The Melodians in 1970. The lyrics are actually adapted from the texts of Psalms 19 and 137 in the Hebrew Bible. Yes, the Melodian's original version of the song appeared on the soundtrack of the album for the 1972 movie The Harder They Come. That movie went very well internationally and so the song became well known. But 1978, that's a few years later, it was repopularised by a group called Boney M. And when they recorded it, 
it sold millions. It went platinum and it was just one of the biggest songs around at the time. Here it is, our number two from this very week in 1978. It's the Rivers of Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon, there we I defy you to tell me that that song doesn't put a smile on your face or get you singing or dancing. It's an all-time classic, Rivers of Babylon, number two in my top five countdown from this very week in 1978 on your late lunch. That song has the distinction of being one of seven. What am I talking about? Only seven songs have ever sold more than two million copies in the UK. And it's one of them. And Boney M Worldwide have sales of over 100 million. Liz Mitchell, Marcia Barrett, Maisie Williams and the wonderful Bobby Farrell, the man with the three ladies, with the original uh, lineup. Uh, Bobby no longer with us. He passed away in 2010. But there you are, Boney M, one of the all-time greats featuring on your Late Lunch Top 5 Countdown this Thursday afternoon. You know we're backing Pound the Pavements again this year here on LMFM Radio. You still have time to do the 21K. It's not much between now and the 21st of June. Now, I'm not underestimating it in any way, but you can walk it, jog it, run it, whatever you want to do. But do go on and register at dsilmb.ie and all the information is there, how you can donate a few bob to support the wonderful Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland. Gemma McMahon, Employment Support Specialist, is talking to me now. Hi Gemma. Hi Jerry. how are you? I'm very good. I always think in the context of you and your work or anybody, any of us in life, matching ability with the job, it's so important isn't it? Oh it's so important, it's really important. It's I suppose fundamentally why we're doing what we're doing. I suppose, you know, people with additional needs and Down syndrome historically have been underestimated and I suppose that's where we come in with our programmes, I suppose to find the best fit for the people that we're supporting and to identify their their characteristics and their strengths and work on that and hopefully employers will be, see the same. Because we all have abilities of varying degrees no matter what we are or where we are in this lifetime and that is a very very important point to make again and re-emphasise. For you who works in this area you support uh, the employee and the employer is it a difficult task? Yeah, I suppose like there is fear associated with supporting somebody with an additional need or Down syndrome or any, you know, complex need. It, it, there is a fear associated with it. And I suppose for the Loud Mead branch and Down syndrome Ireland nationally, I suppose that's what we want to kind of eradicate and to know that there's a constant line of support that we will support both the business and we will support the successful candidates and to know that throughout the employment process they won't be left on their own, that that's where I will come in and in doing so, you know, a person might start the job and they might have difficulties. They might have difficulties in following a task and they might need visual support. That's where I'd come in. Or, you know, they might need a task broken down for them and that's where I'd come in. Or, you know, as well, we have to be realistic. You know, they, the person that goes for the job mightn't be the best fit, but it's to recognise that and it's to make sure that we have a good, healthy relationship with the employer to say, OK, well, that wasn't a good fit. We can try somebody else. 
I think of David Clark, myself in Tesco, who was out front in the store and now is involved in the back end, the stores and doing a fantastic job yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like, and, you know, we have a lot of our guys are, are working locally. We have two guys employed in the D Hotel. We have spec savers have come on board nationally. We have um, some of the guys are working in Navan and Drogheda and Ashburn. And it's been really successful. And I suppose it's to not pigeonhole the members and say, you know, they can only do a certain type of task. Mm. Like nationally, we have um, members that are involved in um, construction, in manufacturing, working in factories. And I suppose it's to see that potential and kind of run with it and support them in the best way possible to ensure it's successful for everybody. When you have success stories, and you have many, as you mentioned there, are they fantastic testimonials when you're taking somebody new into a new employer, somebody who's starting out at the first time, giving somebody, like, uh, a job? Oh, absolutely. Like, and it's, I will, as a part of my job, I will review constantly and I will call into businesses every six weeks and then monthly just to check in, say that I'm around and if there's any issues to kind of talk about that and the morale and the boost that has given companies and organizations just from having the lads there has been absolutely fantastic. You know, the the sense of pride that the members feel when they get employed is fantastic. Mm. And, you know, they're putting on their uniform and they're putting on their name badge and they're going to work. And it's so much more than the money aspect of working. It's the inclusion. It's the you know, pride and it's working on their independence and, you know, they want to be like their siblings and they want to be like everybody else. And, you know, why shouldn't they? And and I suppose the the feedback that we've gotten from the businesses that are in, involved currently has been phenomenal and they've been so forthcoming and the lads that are part of the team, like we have one lady and she's working in, Dr- or in Navin in Specsavers and I called in to do a review and I said, what's the best part of your job? And she said, I'm part of the team. And she is part of the team and, you know, she goes on staff nights out and she's in pictures and videos and it's fantastic. It's so much more than just what you and I might think of the job or, you know, we might get up in the morning and say, oh God, we have to go in here again. But it's the the acceptance and the inclusion and the excitement and it just is, it's fantastic and it's infectious because it does spread to throughout the workforce. Yes, and I have to say to you, like the word in my mind as you talk there so uh, eloquently about what it means to uh, the people themselves is the worth. We all like to be appreciated and have a value and have a worth. And people who have challenges and special needs, etc., feel exactly the same as all of us. Yeah, and especially people who have additional needs or who, you know, historically may have been underestimated and said, oh, well, you can't do that or you can't do this. Everyone can do something. And it's to ensure that they're given the right supports and, you know, whether it's family support, whether it's day service support or whatever service they attend or it's support from the branch here. It's, you know, it's important. Any kind of support is, you know, it's, it means so much to the guys. And when you're working collaboratively with families and with, you know, day services or, you know, it, it's excellent. It's so it's so beneficial for them and it just increases their self-worth 110%. Mm-hmm. Like before the the um, employment programme was started in 2018, there was only 5% of people with Down syndrome in employment. And now it's up to 12. Wonderful. 12%. So, you know, nationally there's over 200 adults with 
um, Down syndrome in employment. And, you know, we, we want to get that number. We want to get that number rolling, especially now in Loudonmead. And I know in Cork and Kerry, they have their own employment support specialists as well. So it's snowballing. It's a great number, but we can do more and people can do more. Mm, for sure. If uh, employers are listening to us today, how do they uh, set the ball rolling? Well, they can get in touch with myself. Um, I have my email address, so I'm an employment all one word, dslm at gmail.com and um, I will get in touch with whoever would like to get involved in the programme. It doesn't matter what kind of business it is, if they would feel that they could give an opportunity to um, a person with Down syndrome, definitely do get in touch because, you know, it, it takes all sorts. You know, everyone has different jobs and every job is valuable and, you know, our members just want to be uh, like everybody else. Yes, and uh, that is their right and entitlement. Jeremy, you're fantastic. You really, thank really... Thank you so much, Gary. Oh, thank no. so much for talking no, to me. Not at all. And what I want this to do is to get people as well to go and register for Pound the Pavements. Go on to dsilmb.ie, do that 21k and contribute, and look what your money is doing. Look at the help and support it's giving to people. It's absolutely, absolutely. brilliant. And, it's uh, fundamental. It'll keep it me is. in a job anyway, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Jerry, before I go, sorry, yeah. Can I just thank Endeavour and Coca-Cola who have very generously donated towards um, Pound the Pavements and uh, Coca-Cola gave a lovely donation and Endeavour have um, gave water bottles and sports packs for Sunday. So I would like to thank them as well and thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure. Gemma McMahon, Employment Support Specialist with the Loudmead branch of Down Syndrome Ireland. And that get-together, just to mention that, is this Sunday, June the 18th at Wilkinstown Community Centre where you can start or finish off your pound the pavements and everybody welcome. That's it on late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive. We'll see you for Friday show one thirty. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection, ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.